The answer is communication and setting containers and expectations. If Chase is communicating to his feminine, saying, I can't wait for your beautiful healing touch, then that's a trigger immediately to the feminine. Dude guy needs some console before he can be expected to be the hero. If Mimi mentions to her masculine, I need my solid, stable, grounding force of love or whatever language you want to use, um, I can't wait for your like strong, triumphant return. That is a trigger to the masculine that, damn, I'm gonna wear my fucking cape and I'm coming home. This is The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi, mushroom queen, AHCC educator, and culinary nutrition expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you're choosing to listen to us. I want to thank you for joining Chase and I under the red hat. We are so, so grateful that you continue to listen and expand your thinking and welcome new thoughts and really just, you know, putting forth the effort and energy to proactively create a life that you love because we are always all creating whether we want to or not, it's happening. Um, so if you are a new listener, Chase and I were childhood sweethearts together for 10 years. And in our early 20s, we actually were married. And three years later, we separated and divorced. That was part one. And you'll hear us refer to it often and in this episode as well. Um, then through the healing magic of the universe, God, love, whatever you want to call it, we came back to each other three years later. And now it's been a year and we are in this part two of our beautiful relationship and it's the best thing I've ever experienced. Um, in today's episode, Chase and I are answering your questions. I reached out on Instagram and we chose three questions to discuss today one for body, one for mind, and one for relationship, which we didn't even really mean to do. We just tried to choose great discussion topics, and that's what they came out to be. Um, the first one has to do with hormone balancing recovery practices. As many of you already know, Chase and I have both nursed ourselves out of Grand Canyon-like bottom-out hormone situations, and we also choose to exercise really hard. So this person is wondering, what are those rest and recovery practices we personally use to keep our hormones in a balanced place? The second question has to do with meditation struggles and tips that we use ourselves every day. Uh, the third question, which was my favorite, this person wanted to know how Chase and I keep the spark alive in our relationship. So we dive deep into the masculine and the feminine energy, what we did very wrong in part one of our relationship to lose that spark, and what we have learned since then and how we apply it daily in a real tangible nuggets for a stellar, passionate relationship in this beautiful part two. 
We absolutely love these mailbag episodes. We love answering your questions directly. It's really fun for us. So if you ever think of a question um, that you would want us to answer on the podcast or a topic or even a guest that you would want me or us to interview, you can email me directly, which is in the show notes below. Or if you follow me on Instagram at GetMimiFit, there's a link um, in my link tree and it, it just takes you directly to submit um, that idea. And we so appreciate it because we want to keep bringing you, bringing you what y'all want to hear. Um, one last thing, if you haven't yet, please leave a review for us on whatever platform you're listening. They mean so much and they really help others who are searching find the golden nuggets that exist um, in these Under the Red Hat episodes. Chase and I are definitely not therapists. We are not relationship miracle workers, but we have done a lot of our own work in this area. Um, and now we, you know, we have some incredible light on our faces, as we call it, because of that work. So we're just doing our absolute best to spread that light to so many people and couples who are desperate for it. We appreciate you so much. You are the best. Okay, on to the discussion. Bye. Audio, please ensure all buckles are buckled in the spaceship as we initialize core audio. <laughs> Good morning, my love. Good morning. What is going on? <laughs> I loved that little like impromptu uh, spaceship liftoff thing. I got it. Were we live? We were live. We were live. <laughs> this is so fun. It is. This is so fun. And when I say fun, I mean it like like Sir SpongeBob SquarePants says fun. And if you recall, my my love. <laughs> F is for friends who do stuff together. Mm-hmm. U is for you and me. Mm-hmm. N is for anywhere, anytime at all. Wow. Here with my best buddy. <laughs> I'm so impressed that you remember that. In the core of my being is a SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> so often I've been faced with tough decisions in life and I have to ask myself, what would SpongeBob do? You guys, proof and evidence, if you want to call it that, of Chase and I's soul being synced up in life is before we knew each other we both around the same time had a massive obsession with spongebob squarepants yeah i had a lunchbox i had posters i had pencils i had like shirts i was uh i thought he was hilarious uh, hilarious and my brother cole and i it is so aligned with what we see as humor in life um, that uh, I'm so grateful for SpongeBob and everything he's done for me. And <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to know like a real life SpongeBob. Big shout out, Tate Kelly. Yeah. My, one of my greatest homies uh, is the human version of, of SpongeBob SquarePants. Lovable, lovable in every way, shape, and form. Especially the eyelashes, I would say. Definitely. Yeah. Tate, I can't wait for you to listen to this, my guy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. But back to this is play for us. Yeah. And I love, I cherish getting to do this with you. 
even if it never was a successful podcast or helped millions of people or anything like that, it is so fun to jump on here and do what we do every night, every day, you know, just have these like yeah. conversations open and transparent and fun um, and just pushing record and getting to share that, you know, potentially with people is so fun. It's really fun. Um, and so much gratitude for everybody who's listening and actually providing feedback um, to us, whether that's directly, whether that's through messaging on social or through reviews, by the way, um, very helpful for us to leave a review on our podcast, whether that be Spotify or Apple podcast reviews. Um, we're, we don't make money on this thing. Um, like Mimi said, it's a, it's a kind of a passion and providing as much information as possible and, or bringing on from our network, uh, the, the top individuals in this space about health and wellness and spirituality and nutrition, um, it's just because we love it and we want to give back to some of the great things that we've learned in our life. All that being said, hey, if you feel it, drop a review. Um, give us some love. It really helps our case as we try to grow this thing, scale this thing. And, um, you know, right now it's it's literally an expense because it doesn't, it doesn't monetize. But the intention or the goal would be to be able to get this thing to support further growth, further education, um, further reach to other people. So... Yeah, if you're so compelled, leave a review. Um, we may actually be setting on a setting up a Patreon account as yeah, well, which would, which will provide kind of some some unique content for, um, and give you all as listeners an opportunity to, um, really get involved at the at the next level with the podcast. More on that, more on our Patreon, um, to come. We'll keep you guys apprised, updated. What you got in your cup over there, my love? Mm. Well, the usual smorgasbord, the usual mud, um, <laughs> but definitely want to give some love to what I include in that daily mud mixture. If you've listened to what's in your cup in the past, you know how much madness I dump in this in this 20-ounce cup of coffee. Um, but today, major love, major shout-out to real mushrooms, specifically lion's mane, cordyceps, and uh, I got some turkey tail mm -hmm. uh, excess, some extra turkey tail that I dumped in there this morning because we are headed home to the Pacific Northwest for a nice little retreat, nice little getaway for about three weeks. And it is the world of COVID-19. And the last thing that I want to do is jeopardize my immune system prior to traveling yeah. prior to seeing loved ones um so i'm dumping some excess turkey tail for its immune uh properties and uh th that's in combination with of course of course ahcc immune intelligence um which you should know all about at this point but if not um check it out mimi's private label um and then Lion's mane and cordyceps. I went swimming this morning and what did I need? I needed energy, but I also wanted my brain to be firing and active. So those cordyceps mushrooms gave me the sustainable, non-jittery energy that I needed. And lion's mane, of course, lighting up my brain activity, allowing me to maintain meditation all the while solving any and every problem that comes into my life. Okay, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but uh, that that combo, cordyceps and lion's mane before physical activity 
is uh is a great experience yeah yeah and with the lion's mane potentially um preventing neurodegenerative disease right um all those diseases we fear of when we get old lion's mane is proven in clinical studies to help prevent those um so yeah I, i i love it for that too not only just like the daily benefits, but also long-term benefits for sure. Yeah. So once again, check out our friends, Real Mushrooms. Um, they make it so easy and crazy affordable yeah. to get God uh, amazing supplements into your daily life. And uh, yeah, excited with excited about these guys. Um, it's going to be a long-term, long-term relationship with them. For sure. Love them. What, uh, what about you? What do you got going on in your cup this morning? Um, it is my second cup of King coffee. The first cup I always have warm, hot in the morning. First thing, uh, when I'm out here reading, journaling, writing. Um, and, uh, so then around 10, 11, I have it iced. And, um, and so what you do is you just, uh, dissolve the powders uh, with some hot water and then you pour it over ice with some cold water and some cold milk. Um, and if you've followed me on Instagram or, um, maybe listened to previous what's in your cups, you know, King coffee is reishi spore coffee. Um, so the spores are more potent than other parts of the mushroom, but they're really hard to harvest and to cultivate. Um, and this company does it right. They do it. They have a patent on the process. So you're getting those really super potent parts of the reishi mushroom, which reishi is, has the longest list of benefits when it comes to medicinal mushrooms. So that's one that I actually, uh, I have every single day. Other mushrooms like cordyceps and lion's mane, it's not a bad idea to kind of cycle them out, you know, take a couple days off and then come back to them. Um, but reishi and HCC are two that I get every single day and they, they provide those benefits without diminishing returns, which is really important. Um, and if you're listening to all of this, if you're listening to us for the first time and you're like, damn, this sounds confusing. Like, where do I even start with mushrooms? I actually just, um, created and made available on my website, a 13 page guide, um, called how a pro uses mushrooms. And so it, it, from beginning to end, um, kind of high level. And then we get into some of the details of how to use them for you, your family, your kids, um, even if you've never used them or if maybe you've used them a little bit and, uh, you just want to, um, make sure you're maximizing the benefits or maybe you want to get them into your kids. There's a lot of ideas and recipes and tips in there. You can find it on my website, getmimifit.com, um, just in my store. And yeah, um, so I'm sipping on that. It's super refreshing, especially as it's getting hotter here in Coronado. Um, uh, we have a really interesting, um, kind of different episode today. We we're calling it kind of a mailbag. And what I did was I went to the Instagrams and put out on uh, my story, just open-ended kind of questions. Like you guys can ask us about anything. What are you wondering about? And we got some really good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we just chose three because... <laughs> We want to keep this um, somewhat concise, but 
Um, and then after we chose the three, it was kind of funny. I looked back and I'm like, oh my gosh, without even trying, we chose one for the body, for the mind and for relationships, just kind of organically and naturally, which is very on brand for us. Okay. Universal synchronizations. When you set an intention in life and for us in, in this brand and our purpose and our mission is, hey, disease prevention for the mind, body and relationships. It's everything. It's holistic. It's not, you, you, you almost can't have one without the other two, like even just supporting it in right. some way. But you set those intentions, you set your target and so conveniently those things just sort of manifest and, uh, kind of pop up in life. And, and that's when those little universal synchronizations occur. Yep. So you want to jump into the questions? Let's do it. All right. So let me get first question. We're going to keep these anonymous. You both have discussed your past hormone imbalances. For someone who is prioritizing balancing hormones, what are some of your current recovery and self-care practices? This is a really good question. Really good. Which is obviously why we chose it. Yeah, I think it's really easy to go into exercise and nutrition practices uh, or telling our story with uh, exercise and nutrition and the relationship we have had with both of them without giving proper attention towards uh, the recovery and rest protocols that we've had to balance those two out as well. And that makes complete sense because often what's skipped in the journey to health is how important rest and recovery is. Yeah really is. I mean, to keep it, to keep it somewhat brief and, and I'm not even an expert in these areas. Um, but I'll, I'll bullet point a couple of the things that I do. Um, and then highlight the ones that I think are critical. And, um, so to start quick bullet, some of the things that I do for recovery are, have already been mentioned in previous episodes. That's a really easy reference. One of them being red light therapy, um, light exposure. Episode 23. Episode 23, uh, all about juve light specifically. Um, additionally, my mobility, flexibility, active recovery protocol that I, that I do every single morning. Um, that is also discussed in a under the red hat episode where we talk about morning routines. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are two things. We'll link them in the show notes. Link them in the show notes. That is mobility slash flexibility slash you know, yoga, active yoga practices for my, for my body to recover and repair what I have, um, pushed via exercise and similarly recovery, mitochondrial health, um, red light therapy and the use of a juve light device. Yeah. And, and that device for me, I've really noticed, of course, kind of long-term benefits from, uh, my overall recovery, but also, man, I really feel relief instantly if I have something like a sore muscle or, or aches and pains. Um, check out the episode for more science and specifics uh, of how that works exactly. But um, outside of that, uh, for me, well, actually, I want to hear from you. What are some of the kind of like quick bullets from you from a rest and recovery standpoint that come to mind? The first thing I think about is... <laughs> It's not necessarily like an easy black and white answer, but just learning how to listen to your body. Yeah. Um, 
I have not done that previously. Um, in and speaking specifically to this person's question, she or he um, has their hormone balancing. Um, they want to balance their hormones, and how how do you do that? Um, part of it is really listening and getting intuitive with your body. For a woman, right before and during my period, I don't want to work out super, super hard. And there's a reason for that. My body is literally like tearing itself down, tearing <laughs> like quite literally. Yeah. And with all of that, like that takes a lot of energy. I'm also, you know, losing a lot of iron, which directly relates to energy. So if I were to just ignore that signal from my body and push through it and work out super crazy hard and do hit sessions and everything, I could potentially do a lot of damage. So I think something that's overlooked is listening to your body definitely. cues. Um, so that's definitely around your cycle, like learning how to best exercise around your, your cycle um, is, is critical, I think for women specifically. And, um, and then for me, um, incorporating active rest. So on the weekends, I might not go super, super hard in the gym or lifting a bunch of crazy heavy weights like I do during the week, but I know we're going to be walking 10 miles around Coronado or uh, going on a long hike or, you know, exploring a new area of San Diego. So I might use that as my kind of like active recovery. I'm still moving and still challenging my body. I don't feel like lazy by any means, but I'm giving certain large muscle groups um, a break. Yeah. So, um, you know, that could be anything from walking or I know um, I'll let you speak to your own, but uh, for me, yoga, uh, doing like a long yoga session, doing like 35, 40 minutes of, you know, intense yoga, you're still challenging your muscles, but it's so low impact and low intensity that you don't, it feels more um, like recovery than like that breakdown of muscle. I think that's such a good point because oftentimes what's confused with rest is numbing. Yeah. (laughs) And so Netflix and chill or sitting on the couch or being completely dormant for an entire day is often confused for rest. Um, That can actually do uh, more damage. Yeah. Lactic acid can build up and not, not be a, or actually can stay around longer than if you were active. Um, so that's great is, is really active recovery. And what that looks like for me, in addition to, to what you were mentioning is something that I really haven't talked about much here. Um, but that is the use of, of hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Um, how that looks for me specifically is the use of our sauna and the use of something like a cold shower or a cold tub. And it's a little extreme, you know, it's very much in the biohacker space, especially the, the two of them being mm-hmm. hot, cold together. And so what I do, we have a sauna, like a Swedish um, stone sauna here in, in our condo. And I usually do about 30 minutes in the sauna um, with a little cup of water and some essential oils. And I use it uh, meditative. So I put whole tones or I put a meditation frequency um, on in my ear holes 
while I am in the sauna. It's usually around 180 degrees or above is where... Is, is that where, how hot it is? It, where, where the data suggests that you start to see like true recovery and detoxification is above 180 degrees. And so sound the alarm, bro science coming. <laughs> um, this is my best recollection of what some of the benefits are for sauna, but they are... Uh, there's some really, really great data around there, uh, around sauna use. Um, one is just the detoxification of your uh, s- the your pores and, and the toxins that are in your body by quite literally sweating them out right. from from overheating. Um, second is the heart rate variability and putting your heart rate or your circulatory system into environments that are challenging without having to put high impact on your muscles mm-hmm. is actually really beneficial. Um, so the, the increased heart rate almost builds this like endurance to the way with which your heart like operates in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, it really does calm your nervous system. And so from a stress standpoint, it is beautiful. It is really therapeutic all the while increasing your heart rate, which is something that it somewhat mimics low intensity exercise. Mm. Um, Combine that with immediate cold. So after these 30 minutes, you jump into something like a cold bath or a shower um, or even a river or a lake or something. And one, it immediately closes your pores such that all the toxins that have been excreted via the sweating are washed away and do not go back into your pores. Oftentimes people will sauna, sweat, go into a shower only to further heat and further expand their pores where the toxins can sink Mm. deeper into your skin. Uh, The cold plunge or the cold shower quickly closes them up and essentially rinses off that grime. Um, Secondly, it's it's even more. I mean, think about putting, taking your heart and going from a, a hot environment to a cold environment your heart rate jumps through the roof and that if you have a heart condition, maybe not yeah. something you want to do. <laughs> um, but what it can do is, is again, without using your muscles and without this high intensity, high impact exercise, you can somewhat mimic the heart rate response of exercise and get some of the, especially the um, blood sugar and insulin sensitivity benefits of exercise through these other means whether it be hot or cold or the combination um, without the damage that you might get via exercise Um, lastly in this and this one that i can think of off the top of my head is it jumping into cold actually tightens your skin Mm. so anti-aging even for aesthetics if you've got abs and you'd like them to pop a little more there is data that suggests consistent and frequent um, cold showering or cold uh, ice baths will will tighten your skin. Mm. Um, yeah, that applies to the face too. I th- I know um, uh, a lot of women wash their face yeah. with really hot water, thinking like, "Oh, I need to scrub my makeup off. I need to like steam your pores." Yeah, you actually should be using cold water. The warmest it should be is like what you would bathe a baby in. Um, and what that does is, uh, this, if you over and over, like are washing your face in really, really hot water, um, it prematurely ages because it's, you're getting these like micro burns Mm. and micro wrinkles. So the cold water helps prevent that. Sorry, a little detour. No, that that's, 
that's great. And it, and it reminds me too of some of the anti-inflammatory benefits. So while you're in the sauna, say you have aches and pains in your body, you are increasing blood flow. You are actually increasing the messaging, uh, the, the flow of recovery that you're sending to these sore spots in your body through um, increased blood flow, actually the good parts of increasing the inflammation within your body so that it can actively go to work and start recovering those soreness or, you know, aches and pains. That's, that's the heat element of something that would be uh, for recovery and then take the cold element, which is you don't want that inflammation in your body for too long. There's a threshold, there's a window of having inflammation along sore muscles, aches and pains, injury, et cetera, that you want that to essentially like flush out, you know, bring in, bring in a new set of uh, repair. Mm-hmm. And what cold does, as everybody knows, whether it be cold bath or whether it be icing, is it is this sort of flushing of mm-hmm. inflammation uh, to keep it properly progressing through to recovery. Yeah. Um, and that's what cold does. Uh, at, oddly enough, at very, very cold temperatures, you actually increase the efficacy of using fat for fuel. Um and, and when I say that, I mean fat burns longer and more sustainable than carbohydrates. And so like Eskimo culture, they have to live in these cold, freezing cold environments. They have what's called, I think it's like brown adipose tissue or yes. something. Am I making this up? No, that's right. That actually burns at a higher heat, which is uh, so that they can stay warm in these, in these cold environments. But it's brought on by exposure to extremely cold temperatures so mimicking that through something like a very cold shower or an Mm -hmm. ice bath increases your brown adipose tissue am i I saying that right yeah that's perfect i remember it because it's bat fat right bat bat fat and and basically it is upgrading your fat burning software on your body so by exposing yourself to these cold temperatures you are essentially becoming a fat burning machine My bro, science, that I, bro science is over. <laughs> I love that because you're giving me new, newfound inspiration. I used to take cold showers all the time, but I've become somewhat of a baby. And you're so much better at, at doing the, um, the sauna and the cold plunge shower than I am. I'll do it like once a month with you, but you're so much better at staying consistent with it. Three or four days a week, baby downsides you know lots of benefits being had here downsides you smell bad you're sweating if you're a dude guy and you're taking a cold shower your wiener gets <laughs> but that's like very cold. temporary it's very temporary but you don't feel and this will get to our later questions you don't feel alpha masculine <laughs> post freezing cold shower or tub yeah well i guess i don't know about that but um <laughs> That's a, yes, it's very, it's something to take into consideration, y'all. Really, really, you want to think about that one. All right, and rounding out the best practices for balancing your hormones and, and recovery, which is quite possibly, I think, the most important one, we can't move on without talking about it, is sleep. And not just any oh, yeah. sleep, but quality yeah. sleep. Um, I first learned about how important it was a few years back um, from uh, Sean Stevenson, big shout out. He's one of my um, 
my OG like health space mentors. He was the first podcast that I ever got like addicted to. And he is a sleep expert. Um, it would be a bucket list dream to bring him on as um, kind of a go-to sleep expert guest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did read his book called Sleep Smarter. And, um, you know, I, I'm big on sleep and making sure that I give my body that quality sleep every night. Um, I think it's easily overlooked because it's not necessarily like sexy. I think that there is this almost like false um, exaltation of people that quote, don't need a lot of sleep to function, right? right? We all hear those high performers, those, um, those entrepreneurs, those go-getters that like, oh yeah, I I only get four hours of sleep a night. And what I want to say is like, well, let's take a hormone panel and check out how you are yeah. like that. That is not only is it just for, you know, sleep and um, like energy, hormone balancing, um, fat burning, your body is not going to be properly functioning in any capacity mm-hmm. if it doesn't have that rejuvenating sleep. And I'm not going to get into like all the crazy details of it, but I would say for this person asking the question, really take a look at your sleep and your sleep habits. Check out the book Sleep Smarter and make sure that you're getting quality sleep. This book is genius because it gives you um, it, it gives you basically like 21 tips and it, it's like a checklist that you can just move down the list and make sure that you're creating like he calls it like a sleep sanctuary. Um, it's very, very important and oftentimes overlooked, unfortunately. Yeah, such a great point. I am committed and such a great reminder. I'm committed to bringing on a real expert in sleep for the medicine podcast. Um, not only, uh, because selfishly it's something I really struggle with and there's certain things I have dialed in with my health and wellness and recovery, but this is not one of them. I struggle with sleep. And even last night, I wake up in the middle of the night for you know over an hour. And um, I, always, I always tell people there is nothing better than, uh, there's no better pre-workout than a good night's yeah. sleep. Absolutely. And there's all the supplements in the world. But if you don't prioritize sleep, uh, none of them, none of them will actually be near what they could be uh, had you had a great night's sleep. So I'm committed to that for the medicine audience, for myself personally is to really bring on um, a sleep expert. Yeah. All right. Jumping to question number two in this mailbag edition. All right. This person says, I struggle with meditation, but I know it's important. I can't seem to quiet slash calm my mind. Any tips? Gosh. This is the perfect time to take a quick pause and talk to you about one of my favorite skincare products. It's the Cell Renew Serum from Clear Stem Skincare. Okay, spoiler, it has reishi mushroom extract in it, you guys. So as you may know, I struggled with really bad acne for over two years when my hormones were like in the tank. I was on a constant journey to fix it and was literally trying anything and everything. Eventually, I did figure it out and the breakouts mostly stopped, but then I was left with these dark purple scars, which are still not that cute. I started using the Cell Renew Serum a couple months ago and I've watched my acne scars like melt off my face. 
uh, to use it, you want to have a clean exfoliated exfoliated face. For this, I like to use the vitamin scrub, which is the daily exfoliating cleanser from Clear Stem. And so then you're going to apply the Cell Renew uh, two to three pumps all over your face and then just leave it for at least 15 to 20 minutes. Don't put anything else right over the top of it because it's rebalancing the pH on your face. If you put anything over it right away, then you've neutralized it and washed out the effects of the serum. I want you to get all the benefits, the full effect. Um, besides the reishi mushroom, some of the other ingredients that I absolutely love are the bioavailable collagen stem cells, frankincense oil, and aloe vera. Clear Stem's primary mission is to give us quality, natural, non-hormone disrupting products that actually work. That's the key, is they're non-hormone disrupting. So this skincare line is anti-aging and anti-acne with zero hormone disruptors, you guys. Plus, it has mushrooms, which makes me even more obsessed with it. <laughs> if you are sick of your acne scars or hyperpigmentation like I was, then go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMIFIT. That's M-I-M-I-F-I-T to get a nice hefty discount. That's Clear Stem Skincare and then discount code M-I-M-I-F-I-T. I know you and your skin will absolutely love this stuff. Cheers, boo. I feel you, girl. Man, I assume that's a girl. Yes, I think it was. You know... Meditation is so buzzy and it's such a, a word that is used in this health and wellness space often. Um, it's not easy. No. It's not easy to quiet your mind. Even getting a, a definition for what meditation is because mm -hmm. it can take on so many um, forms. Mm -hmm. what, is it, what does it mean for you? For me, it's I don't necessarily think of calming or quieting my mind. I think that happens with practice. But for me, a lot of times meditation isn't, the goal is not a blank mind. For me, um, in the morning I do some reading, uh, whatever book I'm reading at the time, usually it's kind of like a spiritual based book. And then I do some journaling and self-reflection. And I usually end that time with a question for myself, some, some measure or some level of, um, kind of introspection or it's a question about our relationship or you or my family. Um, it's something that I want my brain mm. to focus in on and find the answer for. So, um, it's almost different every single day. Uh, so I find that it works best for me if I don't strive for a blank mind, but I give myself a single question, um, for, for my brain to kind of in balance find an answer or several answers too. Um, and then I pair that with, we've already spoken about it, but the juve light. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're habit stacking here. Um, we're kind of putting these practices together in a little like <laughs> practice habit smoothie where you, they're, they're simultaneously happening. So that's, um, what helps me, but I think it's really just, calming calming I, th I think is a good word yeah. calming the mind to um to come to a a space where the mind is balanced and whether you just want to sit 
in stillness for 12, 15 minutes. Maybe someone with kids, that's that's like a treat for them. I don't have kids, so maybe it's not going to look like that for me. Um, I think I think it's partly like uh, going to be individual. Yeah. Um, and it could look different for all of us. Right. And, and so maybe it's like, maybe it's like mental and or spiritual wellness is the idea behind meditation, or at least for you and I. And to use the metaphor or the analogy of, of fitness and exercise, there are so many ways there's, I mean, you can, you can umbrella fitness and wellness over everything from Ironman races to active yoga. You know, it's a, it's a wide range. So, so maybe meditation, at least for us and in this, this container is just that, um, you know, I think of it for me, man, this is another one just kind of like sleep. I'm not even going to posture and try to pretend like I'm an expert, but what I have done is I've built into my day and into my life allotted time for meditation. Sometimes that 15 minutes of a lot of time I spend probably technically by definition in zero seconds of meditation because my monkey mind is going crazy. But other times, just because I've built that that uh, space into my life, mm-hmm. I really do have uh, profound moments of maybe it's um, contemplation, maybe it's just presence, and I forget about the past, and I forget about the worries of the future. Sometimes it's manifestation, and in great detail, spelling out what my true or what I, at least I believe my true desires are. Other times. That looks like listening to just music and listening to whole tones and just allowing myself to rest and recover mentally, spiritually. Other times it's prayer. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's before dinner when we um, sit in acknowledgement and appreciation and gratitude for the food that we're about to eat and the life that we live. Um, so it takes so many, so many different shapes. Mm-hmm. I think like the Iron Man equivalent would be you know, what you hear about with these yogis or even these um, master manifestation teachers like Joe Dispenza, where it's 45 minute to an hour to two hour sessions, these retreats of meditation. That's shit. That's like the that's like the ultra marathon of <laughs> meditating. But yeah. it is OK. And it's great if all you're doing is five minutes and mm-hmm. you're sitting five minutes in gratitude mm-hmm. or five minutes in I'm just going to go to my happy place real quick. You know why? Because it calms my nervous system. Yeah. It brings my heart rate down and I'm kicked out of that fight or flight where I might be irrationally worrying about something where I might be biting somebody's head off and I actually calm my physical meat suit so that I can show up better as a human being. That's still a massive win Mm -hmm. in the meditation world. Yeah, and I think some tangible tips for this person who's like, I struggle with it, but I know it's important. It sounds like they want to incorporate it and they know it's important. Um, If you have a hard time finding that stillness, whatever that looks like, I would highly recommend guided meditations. Um, What I've used in the past is an insight timer app. It's literally called Insight Timer. And my favorite... Um, guided meditation like leader you could say her name is Sarah Blondin 
and you can you can look her up and find her meditations. They are incredible. I've shared them with Chase mm-hmm. too, and I think you really liked them really too. Great. She has the most beautiful voice. Voice and um, finding someone that you really connect with, I think, is is a good s- starting place. Um, and uh, there's also you know you can type in YouTube if you don't want to download an app. Um, but starting with even just five minutes, it doesn't have to look like, you know, an hour long or 45 minutes, like start with just five minutes and kind of, kind of build in the reps and get your body used to just sitting in stillness, which a lot of us are not used to. And unfortunately, I think this is one of those, one of the things that contributes to chronic disease in in our world and um, what I mean by that is we have stress coming at us from all different angles in our life and it doesn't even need to look like stress like oh my gosh I I can't handle this Uh, I'm going crazy it can look like planning a wedding which is a good thing right it can look like just having a big family and lots of kids to provide for it can look like a high intensity job that you love on top of your um, exercise routine, right? And your introspection and self-work, like all of these things in the body equate to stress, which some of it is good and some of it is bad. But if we're constantly in that state of stress without giving ourselves time to stop and be still, Mm -hmm. This is one of the things that I recommend to women who ask me about HPV, and this is layered into my my course um, called Clear that I, I teach women like how to clear HPV. Part of part of the the healing protocol is: Are you getting your body into a state every single day where it feels safe to heal? Yeah, which is so critically important. It's just as important as the correct supplementation protocol. If your body doesn't ever feel safe to heal and to, to move past this disease condition or virus, um, you're not giving it all the tools, you know, necessary to really, um, get to that healing level. Definitely. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. A couple, before we move on to the next one, a couple resources for me that are kind of tangible, um, a great 20-minute meditation uh, from the group Mind Valley, which is a great group. You should check out. They have a ton of resources, ton of different meditations, but specifically, it's called the six-phase meditation. 20 minutes long. You don't even have to listen to the whole things. There are six different, about one to three-minute specific meditations within that 20 minutes that are really beneficial. Everything from gratitude to your your perfect day to manifestation. Um, and and forgiveness all encompassed in this six phase meditation Um, sam harris for those of you who know sam harris out there he has an app called waking up and there's some really great uh set your day up style meditations very non-spiritual if that's interesting to you as well and then if you're like i said if you're looking for something a little beefier a little heavier um, look at some of joe dispenza's work he's got not only uh, meditations baked into his books out there, changing the habit of being yourself, being one of them, um, but he he's easily got content on his website, uh, on on YouTube that is free. So they're a little more intensive, you know, 30, 45 minutes. He has these weekend retreats that you can go on and you know meditate into the multiverse. But a um, <laughs> couple couple resources for you all to check out. There is a lot of great stuff out there, but there's also 
lot of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't judge yourself. Yeah. Don't be critical of yourself. Yeah. Build it into your build it into your day, and uh, you. I'll, I'll be excited. Let us know. Let us know what uh, the fruits of that that effort looks like. Yeah, and just echoing, don't judge yourself. Like if you feel like, oh, I keep having thoughts come into my head, that's never gonna go away. Um, if that's an issue and you feel like, oh, just giving up, just know that every other human out there, unless they're an enlightened guru, is having thoughts. That that's what your brain's purpose is is to answer questions. So it's going to look for questions to answer for you. That's why I really like giving my brain one question to explore completely for 12 minutes of un- uninterrup- uninterrupted time. And that's honestly where I have like a lot of like crazy, amazing, introspective and um, cool thoughts that totally. i share with you too you should see the stuff she brings to my life <laughs> we'll be sitting at dinner or at, a, at a walk in the morning and she'll be like okay so what came out of my brain after meditating was and uh it is awesome <laughs> yeah get, and get share. yourself a mimi right <laughs> yeah share with your partner um i think this kind of leads into the next question that we're going to talk about but if you have a partner um share with them like if you have an amazing thought you're you're teaching yourself by teaching someone else or just sharing it doesn't even have to be a teaching moment just being like hey you want to know what was in my brain today right and that opens up so much vulnerable transparent real dialogue um between between two people we do that all the time Mm. love it all right you ready for question number three this is a simple yet not easy question. Um, This person asks, how do you guys keep the spark alive? Wow. I'm glad she sees that we have a spark. Good. We do. We have many a spark. Yes. I'd say we have like a little, little fire. (laughs) We got a little fire. It, speaking of which fire, I think is actually the perfect metaphor yeah. Uh, for potentially explaining this. Mm-hmm. As you all know, our story, you know, we've been together since we were teens. Um, babies. Babies. And that didn't quite work out, you know, 10, 10 plus years into that relationship. We got divorced. And so you could say we lost the spark, right? We, and maybe we never even gave it a chance to spark uh, in many cases. Something so important and going back to the fire analogy, in my opinion, is before you can expect a spark, you need to ensure that your landscape for creating this fire of a relationship is properly set up. Yeah. You're not going to be able to spark anything if it's soaking wet. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to spark anything if you don't have the resources or the tools necessary. You know what? That spark may only ever be a spark, too, if you don't have the supplemental resources to keep it into a longer term burn. So if we're looking at the, at the fireplace, that is the fire of a relationship, or if you're looking at the fire, that is a relationship, you build your fireplace to support the spark as well as the long-term burn, but minimum, you got to set that up to even exist. Mm -hmm. And I think that really, really starts with something we've talked about a little bit in the past 
And that is uh, uh, the balance between the masculine and the feminine. Yes, polarity. I remember when I first like started learning about masculine and feminine energies and the importance of polarity in a relationship, I it felt good. Like it felt good understanding this and it, it felt like I had like a key to the universe because then once you understand the basics of it, it's so easy to see that it's not the norm in the average depicted, you know, common marriage or relationship. It's, that's not how marriage is depicted to us. And oftentimes, you know, personally exemplified um, with our parents, right? Like not all, most of us don't have perfect parents and a perfect home setting and a perfect example of what a balanced masculine and a balanced feminine looks like. If you do, I am so happy for you. I hope you really take that in and are able to learn from that. But most of us, I'd say, are figuring it out as we go. And oftentimes, like in our situation, we are we actually did it wrong <laughs> for a while, for a long time. And that ended in our separation and divorce. And we are just unique that we get this beautiful part two to really work on it. And I hope perfect it. You know, that's the goal is that it, it happens and it comes to me without even thinking, um, just like breathing. So, um, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it to get the basics of the masculine and feminine energies and balance and then understanding how it can directly impact and, and um, benefit your relationship. No doubt. We will be bringing on at some point um, someone who's been critical to our relationship uh, in part two and, and educating us on some of those things from part one that, that really were causing this lack of balance. Um, and that is our teacher, John Wineland. We'll be getting him on here to go deeper into the masculine and the feminine um, without a doubt. And, and that'll be really, really helpful information. Um, so going back to part one specifically to give some examples of, you know, how to keep the spark alive, I'm going to give how not to, <laughs> yeah. to what even not to do first. enable a spark from existing. Um, you know, something that we've mentioned in the past, but in part one, I traveled professionally and that was pretty much every week I was getting on an airplane, going into another state, another city, et cetera, flying back, uh, you know, leaving on a Monday, flying back on a Friday. I typically rolled into town, rolled into our home environment uh, Friday evenings after having been worked stressfully, um, literally uplifted and put on an airplane, um, drinking, not sleeping. So physical and sort of mental stressors for five days running only to show up back at home, uh, not quite in my balanced masculine. And what I mean by that is I was not implementing any of these practices we're talking about uh, from what a balanced life looks like. And that includes ensuring that my energy as a partner was in a place that could be um, properly polarized and balanced with Megan. So I would show up as a, as a masculine somewhat out of balance or, or very out of balance. And what that looked like was fatigue. Um, it was lack of presence. 
it showed up. I walked in the door without, uh, which if I was in balance, I would have walked in that door, open arms. The king has returned home, <laughs> ready to grab his bride and hold her face and say, I love you and I missed you. I can't wait to just pour myself into you and, and become whole again. That wasn't the case. I, I hadn't gone through these practices, these premeditative um, realities that I could show up for my queen as that king. Instead, I was somewhat of the wounded warrior. And what I what I needed uh, from my feminine counterbalance was much more of the nurture, mm-hmm. was much more of the, the nurse, the mother, the console of that energy. And so what that, what that uh, lack of premeditative um, recovery, proper uh, treatment towards a healthy masculine, uh, what that looked like was I was short. I was uh, uh, short in my... Res- like short-tempered? Short-tempered. Um, I was actually cut off from anything that would have been like a spark to play or giddiness or even sex. I wouldn't have sex all week, obviously. And I'd get home and... and I would wonder, literally wonder in my head, why do I not have sex drive tonight? Well, it was because I was drinking, I was exhausted, I'd worked all week, and I'd literally thrown off my circadian rhythm getting on and off airplanes, and I I would sit there and wonder, why am I not, like, triggered and turned on and grabbing this girl because she's, you know, beautiful and and an incredible feminine? Um, And it was because I had not set up that landscape to be a true fireplace that that held your beautiful burning feminine fire and i think from the feminine perspective in that exact same example um you know we would be talking all week and you know i miss you i miss you can't wait to see you we have this build up right which we've experienced (laughs) up until this point uh, a lot in our relationship and there would be this build up to seeing each other and, you know, then you would get home and, and what happened was exactly what you just explained. You're fatigued and I would meet you at the door ready to like basically make out and um, you weren't feeling it because because of that fatigue, not because of because you all of a sudden didn't love me or didn't find me attractive, but because we lacked communication, crystal clear communication, I took that as... I'm not desirable. There's something wrong with me. He doesn't want me. Um, I would almost feel like shut down, um, kind of like sexually. And that's a really dangerous thing for a woman to feel. Um, Not putting this on you. We were both like, we should have been more aware of the situation. I should have been more aware that you in those moments needed more of a nurturer, not the like seductress. Right. right? And, and I think, I think because what that comes across as to a masculine is penetration. Yeah. And, and that is kind of one-on-one is, is masculine doesn't want the, to be penetrated energetically. Yeah. Um, I should have, I should have, I now understand that. Um, especially when you're returning home, like I want to give you the space to kind of settle down and unwind and, you know, be there for you, be a support system. Um, unless certainly like if we're talking about it and we're like, Hey, I'm coming home as soon as I walk in the door, sometimes it's like that. Um, but back then it really wasn't. And, um, so that's, that's kind of what it, what it looked like. Um, and then 
I would internalize that and create stories in my head, which the feminine is really, really good at. Um, when we feel a certain way, instead of voicing it, we suppress oftentimes, which is one of my like shadows. I refuse to do it in part two, but in part one, that was my MO, was if I felt off, if I felt bad, if I felt shameful, if I felt anything that was a negative emotion, I would suppress it rather than bring it up to you in a healthy, loving way. So then you would be operating under this like almost like test for Mm. you and for the masculine that you didn't know you were taking, right? Right. So then I would become kind of like cold and distant and be like, well, he hurt my feelings. He should just know to come and to like apologize and figure it out, figure out what he did wrong and come. It comes all back to that, that the woman, the feminine wanting to be rescued, wanting to be saved, yeah. wanting to be fought for. Right. Because that's ultimately what shows us like you're desirable. You're beautiful. I want you. That is the basis of love Mm. to a feminine and if we don't feel fought for desired loved it's very very easy to turn on that cold switch and just become kind of numb and the feminine has so much so much power because the the danger is of course you you um store that away and you don't you don't bring that out in the masculine because there's nothing more um, satisfying for the masculine than to feel like that hero yeah. than to feel like that king. And that's the incredible power that the feminine has is that it doesn't have to be she it, feminine doesn't have to be, you know, gender specific, but the feminine can draw that out of the masculine mm-hmm. by opening the space for, uh, that hero to show up or that king to show up. So the answer I think to, to this, and this is super long winded, how it looked very, specifically X's and O's, couple examples. Chase shows up needing nurturing. Megan shows up needing the hero, the king. Neither of which are balanced. Thus the result is pain. Mm-hmm. And no no spark. You no could spark. Say. Nobody's fault. The answer is communication and setting containers and expectations. Yes. If Chase is communicating to his feminine saying, I can't wait for your beautiful healing touch. Then that's a trigger immediately to the feminine dude guy needs some console Mm -hmm. before he can be expected to be the hero. Mm -hmm. If Mimi mentions to her masculine, I need my solid, stable, grounding force of love or whatever language you want to use. Um, I can't wait for your like strong, triumphant return. That is a trigger to the masculine that, damn, I'm going to wear my fucking cape and I'm coming home. (laughs) And it could be something simple as like a text or anything like, you know, you might not use those storybook terms like we do. We literally use those terms, but it might look like 
damn, I can't wait to kiss you like yeah. from a woman. And that tells the man like, okay, she's ready to go. Yeah. I Maybe I'll sit an extra few minutes in the car and just kind of meditate mm-hmm. and, um, you know, think about her and her body and kissing her. And it kind of calms you down and gets you into that space. Maybe that's the nurturing that you need. Right. And you can kind of give that to yourself. It can look different from time to time, I think. Yeah. Uh, simple stuff. The feminine picks up on the masculine needing that console. And it's, babe, I got, I got, you know, your favorite beef sticks on the barbecue <laughs> or whatever. Like, like I got this ready for you. You know, yeah. we're going to, I got a nice comfy, cozy spot on the couch. Yeah. Uh, it's got your name all over it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, similarly, what the man can say, if, if he senses that, that need for presence, just real strong pillar of presence in his feminine, he can say something like, babe, I so desire to grab your face, stare at you in the eyes, and kiss your lips when I get home. Like, showing up like that will immediately elicit the the balanced, divine, mm-hmm. feminine that is sensual and beautiful, and not a um, out-of-balance, penetrating temptress. Yeah. Yes. I so agree and you do that so well um so so then how has that looked successfully for us i think in part two yeah um well we we explained a lot of it everything that we just explained we we literally do ourselves um so i think this you know speaking to the spark how do you keep the spark step number one is understanding the, that polarity, you can't have spark without polarity right. and polarity meaning two poles, right? Two opposites, the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, you know, a man and a female. It can be anything, but, um, for this example, obviously we're using a, the example of a man and a female, male and a female. Um, so that is step number one is understanding, um, the, that balance, um, do you want to move on to some other, like how, how we keep sp- specifically like spark alive? Yeah. Yeah. So once that, once that layer, that groundwork is once there, that layer, that groundwork is done. Um, it's then just leaving time for spark. You know, a spark is something that can be spontaneous. It doesn't have to be, but spontaneous, but it's usually around play and adventure yeah. and, something we do such a good job of quite literally this is literally an example we sit after after a week we sit and friday afternoon friday evening maybe we're going for a walk maybe we're sitting there before dinner and we look at each other and we just say setting the intention speaking our truth um i can't wait to see what we discover this weekend what adventure are we going to get ourselves into this weekend laying out the energy that this weekend's all about play this weekend, my expectation is that there is no expectation besides fun, mm-hmm. besides spontaneous, spontaneous play. And that can be a poke and a tickle and a giggle, or it can be a, let's get down. Right Butt now. grab. Butt grab, face grab, lips kiss. Yeah. Um, all the above. But what we've done is we've set an intentional polarity between our masculine and feminine to play it by ear so we're always we're going to be in tune that means we're going to be in tune all weekend long where are you at where's your feminine at where's my masculine at oh damn right now it's in it's in um 
something sensual. Let's have sex. Hey, right now it's in play mode. Yeah. Let's go out and um, explore Coronado. Explore. Let's yeah. goof off a little bit. Let's giggle. Let's go play volleyball. Yeah. Yeah. I think play is huge. That was the first thing I thought of, honestly, when this person said spark. I was thinking fun. Fun is play. Play can be sex. Play can be volleyball. Play can mm-hmm. be exploring a new part of your city. Play can be a date. If you haven't gone on a date in a while, you know, people have these set up date nights, which I think can be good, but I think it can also get into that can become a routine in, in and of itself. Yeah. Right. So keep keep asking yourself if is this routine, is this thing that we've set up for the good of our relationship, is it still serving us? And if it's not, then get rid of it. Right. You don't have to stay in those things. And I think that's something that we're really good at in part two is even if we're like, hey, we should start doing this. We should keep doing this. If it's not serving us in our relationship, the organism that is us in this part two, we get rid of it. Yeah. And it's it's that kind of introspection on the relationship. Um, and I think the other thing that I think of when I think of spark is um, finding seeking out ways to be amazed by your partner Hmm. this is this has to do with like you know when you think of spark you think of like teenage love young love newlyweds it's new everything's new and that's what gives it this amazing energy and this like spark we keep using that word it's new but you something else is that it's present because you're not worried about the future you're not worried about things that haven't happened yet and you're not telling yourself all these stories from the past because shit you're 16 it's new and you're present and that's all that matters yeah. is that specific moment right which opens you up to um you're less closed off you're mm-hmm. less frozen i mean you know what doesn't an ass grab from your partner is a spark on a wet log if you haven't set that intention for play and set that intention for presence because you're locked into something else. Yeah. That spark on a dry piece of log is when you've set the container for adventure, play, presence, newness, mm-hmm. openness to whatever is going to manifest. Yeah. So a practical way to feel that newness again in your relationship, you know, we've been together since we were 16, um, is going back to finding ways to be consistently amazed by your partner. Yeah. Um, When you see a sunset, just an incredible sunset, you, you feel amazed by it, right? Like you're looking, you want to be amazed by this, like, oh. Oh my gosh, this is yeah. incredible. I love this. This is so cool. You can do that with your partner. Not only just seeing the good things they do, but choosing to be amazed by them yeah. gives this this energy of newness. So for you, you are so incredible at... <sighs> I'm just consistently amazed by the big things you do and the small things you do. You know, the big things like how hard you work at your job every single day. Your baseline is going above and beyond. Like that's a no-brainer in every single task that you do for your job and for your work. And I see that, especially in this quarantine work from home. I am now witness to basically everything. And it gives me this new level of amazement and admiration for you and and Mm, this 
this amazing work that you put in every single day. That makes me feel like, God, oh, I, I'm just like, I fill up with admiration for you. But I'm also looking for those opportunities. Similarly, if someone is looking for things to criticize or yeah. nitpick or quote nag, you will find those things. We're all human. We all have downfalls. But if you are setting yourself up to f- not only see, but also be amazed by those things. Another example is the little things that you do. You are so incredible at, you'll be in the middle of making, stirring up a red juice and you'll you'll stop, literally come over and just grab my face and kiss me because you want to. And that's such a small thing. But for me, that's a big thing. That's a big thing because it adds to the pile of, it adds to me feeling desired and wanted and loved by you. I mean, that's a spark, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So but in that, that spark doesn't work unless you, like you've said, have built the landscape to be open. And notice and be amazed by it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that that's something that you, anyone, we got a vacuum in the background. Sorry if you can hear that. But that's something that you can literally start today. There's no book necessary. There's no course. There's no relationship, you know, therapist that you need to go see to start realizing or start seeing more amazing things in your partner. And um, you will see more spark just in your own body. You'll feel that newness energy in your own body. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm so curious as to see what, you know, what you guys are doing out there uh, listening in. You know, what are some of the successes for you? Um, or if you have more questions or whatever, not that we have every single answer, we're trying to learn from you all too. So give us some feedback. Um, what are you doing? What That's awesome. Yeah. Um, more to come for sure from the masculine and the feminine piece. Yes. But uh, hopefully this gives you some tangible um, takeaways. Yeah. As you can see, you can sense that we love speaking about this. We're Again, we're not experts, but... Um, it's something that has transformed our lives is understanding these concepts. And, um, I'm also interested in like, and, and, and want to encourage you all take these practices or something you hear, um, under the red hat and make it your own, make it completely your own, start creating your own recipe for intimacy within your relationship. Don't just take everything we say verbatim, take it and put your own spin on it, make it real for you and your situation, your dynamic your partnership. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So what for you, my love is the medicine today. Medicine for me today is, uh, I'm doubling down on my empathy practice, which I do often for you, um, as well as other loved ones, but specifically today, um, for the people I get to work with and there's, there's <laughs> bless you. Thank you. Um, specifically, there are four individuals that I am going to be implementing my empathy practice for, meeting up with them tomorrow, and I'm so grateful for them. And so my meditation uh, is along the lines of empathy where I um, sit as an unknowing observer to how I interact with these four individuals or any individual and start to evaluate how I chase, the uh, in this point of view, the external individual shows up to these other folks these other people and so i evaluate that and then i try to sit in their shoes specifically and 
inter uh fucking <laughs> um interpret how my communication and my presence is from their point of view. Yeah. Um and so so that's what I'm committed to today because I get to I get to hang out with these people uh tomorrow and express some of that some of the my gratitude and, and I really want to take their their perspective from things. So empathy practice for some of my coworkers, that's what's going down as the medicine for me today. So you take like almost like a bird's eye view or a third party kind of look on your exchange with these people. And then you actually put yourself in their shoes and observe from their, yeah. their point of view. When I meditate, I quite literally think that I'm like, you know, in the story, uh, Scrooge or the yeah. Christmas Carol where yeah. like the ghosts go back in time and get to witness. Yeah. Um, that's where my third point of view, like meditation, that's how it looks in yeah. my mind. And then I like, like zoom into their bodies <laughs> and actually like look at myself and how I'm showing up for them and interacting with them and pretend that I'm them. And yeah, that's such a good practice. It's, it's amazing. It's weird, but it has really, really paid off, uh, in my relationships. Yeah. So, um, my love, Mm, that's me looking fine <laughs> shit thanks what's your medicine today mm, super easy uh super simple i today is fulfillment day so i am sending out a huge amount of hcc immune intel orders boom and i love it it's a lot of like kind of like tedious tasks it's like printing and packaging up and taping and you know going to the post office it's not anything like super exciting but I get this amazing joy and and um, satisfaction from being able to provide such an incredible healing tool to so many people literally like all over the world um, and what an honor what a just mm. freaking honor so finding gratitude in the menial, just kind of tedious tasks and seeing the bigger picture of bodies are changing, bodies are healing, and people are getting healthier, possibly like living longer because of this product that I have the honor to distribute. Mm-hmm. Mm. Making sure all the landscapes are dry and properly set fireplaces <laughs> for sparks of life. Yes. Lifting the collective vibe of our controllable universe making love making light bigger and better yes mm, that's you thanks babe all right you guys thanks so much for joining us under the red hat i hope you got a ton of value some some new questions to think about and ponder and um take it to your partner take one thing what's the main thing what's the main question that you got from this episode take it to your partner and uh talk talk it over over dinner all right. We'll see you next time under the red hat. Have a beautiful week. Bye. Bye.